We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike in a moment. This is as happy as I'm probably going to be in this recording. We have a large episode today. That's not why I'm going to be driven mad. I've already kind of gone to the edge as we are doing our official Oscar nomination prediction show, as well as the BAFTA nomination recap all in one episode. And like, usually we we space this out and I do like 87,000 hours of research to come up with strange correlations that nobody could ever appreciate or understand and are ultimately useless anyway. <clears throat> and this year we did it in a truncated way and I'm still just riddled with anxiety over this, Mike. I think we had a lot of fun though, because this is a 40 page document. This is the largest <laughs> Google document of all time. In our history mm-hmm. of, and just in the history of Google Documents, never mind in our history. But I think, uh, I think we had to have had fun if we wrote this much. This podcast is going to go forever; it will never end. However, right, like you'd usually put the tinfoil hat on and do the crazy mm-hmm. research. I think you're more focused this year, or maybe we're both just going to be equally as as befuddled and wrong. And this is just going to be a cacophony of yells and right lists and uh, that's that's what i want to avoid but my my counter to that would be that jack from the shining also wrote a lot (laughs) yeah this could (laughs) this could escalate quickly into just (laughs) pure madness but i think i think even jack had quite a lot of enthusiasm uh in in that in that story uh, of of many uh, yesteryear could be all our shared pasts. I think is what Kubrick was trying to say, right? <laughs> yeah, he was definitely talking about being an Oscars pundit. That's what nobody's ever understood about the subtext of The Shining. But this is where we are. It is a a giant episode based off a giant doc, and uh, we are going to do our best to put it as efficiently as we can as we bring forth not only analysis of the BAFTA nominations, but also uh, the main course is going to be us predicting every nominee for twenty. Oscars categories uh, for you to have and to hopefully digest and talk with us about and, and give us feedback on for your own picks before the official announcement comes Tuesday morning. So uh, no more ado is to be had. Let's dive right in and we'll talk about BAFTA nomination tallies to start, Mike. Dune was the leader. It landed 11 noms from 12 long list spots. The Power of the Dog had 8 noms from 14 long list spots. Belfast only had 6 nominations from 14 long list spots, but those are the leaders for the BAFTA noms. And we have 3 films with 5 BAFTA noms apiece. Licorice Pizza went 5 for 11. No Time to Die on its home court, many would consider. No Time Mm. to Die went 5 for 12. And West Side Story... West Side Story did not have the day it wanted. 15 long list spots, only five nominees. I wonder if that, and we're going to obviously talk about this as we go on, but I wonder if that's way more, It's that's something that's seeped into American culture, and I wonder if that had to play with the way the British Academy dealt with what they dealt with. And we'll talk about how the British Academy did deal with what they dealt with, because 
they were drunk. Uh, four <laughs> nominations apiece. These films are uh, beef of favorites like After Love and Boiling Point. Uh, other British productions like Cyrano and Passing landed four noms. And then two big Hollywood productions in King Richard and Don't Look Up each grabbed four noms. King Richard got four noms off of seven long list appearances. Don't Look Up. You can call it disappointing, and it certainly is on its ratio. Four nominations for Don't Look Up on 15 long list appearances. A tie for the longest lead of long list appearances alongside West Side Story. All right, so to continue to list things, uh, three noms apiece, Coda, Drive My Car, French Dispatch, House of Gucci, and Nightmare Alley. I swear, guys, we're not going to do as much listing on the show, but <laughs> we got to get these We're towns. trying to get it out of the way now. We're trying right. to get it out of the way now. House of Gucci, cannot be happy going three for 13. French Dispatch, it might be happy going three for 11 because mm-hmm. the French Dispatch, not the same level of contender based on its nominations throughout the season thus far. I wonder if House of Gucci is just so seeped in American culture that it doesn't... Tr- no. All right. The two-nom <laughs> list is also large. Tells us a lot. Uh, a bunch of these films will probably be happy with their two BAFTA nominations, such films as Ali and Ava, Cruella, Flea, Hand of God, Last Night in Soho, Summer of Soul, and The Worst Person in the World. Otherwise, uh, there's some definite underperformers. The Lost Daughter being the Ricardos. Both of those went two nominations for their nine long list appearances. Yeah, not great for for those two films. How about Spencer as a disappointment as well? Being shut out completely, which a lot of people saw coming. A lot of people saw that coming. Credit to them. A lot of people have been explaining that. Go read Amy Smith. Go read a lot of good people Mm -hmm. that we have on this show as well. But we do want to make mention of a couple BAFTA highlights here. More women nominated than ever with 70 female nominees uh we we got 19 first time acting nominees only seven of which were british so 12 first time nominees non-british that's that's also cool and for the second year in a row i mean we do a lot of collabos with uh andrew of the nomcast and here is netflix as the best most awarded studio at the baftas with 22 nominations so uh that's a, a snapshot of the baftas and what they had overall We're going to talk about the non-Oscar BAFTA categories when we review the actual BAFTA awards. Those will be on the 14th of March. We've got plenty otherwise for you today. (laughs) We're going to, like I said, dive into 20 Oscar categories, make our predictions for each and every nomination slot. 19 of those 20 categories are going to have BAFTA noms to present and react to as well. So... We've done this a bunch of different ways in the past. We've started off with Best Picture, and this year we're going to save Best Picture and Best Director. We're going to kind of schedule this and stagger this like the Oscar show itself. Uh, And like the Oscar show usually does, they start right off the bat with one of the most important awards of the night. And this is going to be one of the more varied races of the year, at least that we've been talking about thus far. Supporting actor Mike Who did BAFTA like for their supporting actor category? Mike Feist of West Side Story, a film Twitter favorite there. Kieran Hines of Belfast, Troy Kotzer of Coda, Woody Norman of Come On, Come On, Jesse Plemons of The Power of the Dog, and Cody Smith McPhee of The Power of the Dog. And I don't know if you realize this, Mike, but if you take their age and add it to their weight and average it all out, it equals the number 237. So this comes back <laughs> to again the good, shining. Good joke, good joke. And I appreciate that. Good job by you. <laughs> I should be in an improv group again. I'm always just auditioning for an improv right. group, and nobody will have me. But there we go. But Mike, I think we got to ask here: Who are the two? And that's going to be a common question to this podcast. Billy and Stu, no? 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something that we're used to asking after the Scream uh, miniseries, right. which was a joy, and we're both thrilled that Scream Six got nominated. How dare they uh, snub Mr. Arquette? But but yeah, uh, or make us wait the whole week that they did to announce Scream Six. Even the, yeah, even though he was not eligible, I'm still mad. No, I think uh, I think we got to ask who are the two that were picked by the entire British Academy because, to remind folks, the BAFTAs have different voting procedures this this year. They're trying to avoid embarrassing snubs like last year, but they're trying not to be racist. How'd that work out for them this year? <laughs> <laughs> so they have the entire British voting body, and Scott Feinberg just wrote an awesome piece about this because, like, why have the BAFTA... <laughs> if you're not going to let the members vote. But all right, fine. They vote for a third. It's a decent point. They vote, <laughs> it's not a bad point. They vote for a third of the nominees in certain categories. Not all the categories, but certainly in the acting categories. And they will pick two with their highest votes in terms of the whole whole group of them. And then a jury of around 9 to 12-ish, 10 to 15-ish, I forget. I, I read different figures all over. But a small nomination committee, a small jury, will pick the rest of these nominees. And like, like so as it's an like oversight. the more ridiculous version of preferential balloting. You have the whole... Uh, voting body you take the top two from those results and then you narrow it down to this arbitrary nine-person panel <laughs> and let them pick the two-thirds of the cat category otherwise and scott was saying not all of them are actors so this is not necessarily a jury of their peers what? either so what are we who doing <laughs> who of these nominees in terms of bafta were the two of the highest vote getters from the actual british academy which has a lot of crossover with you know Ampas, the Academy for the Oscars. So Cody Smith McPhee is probably a safe bet, but I don't know who the other guy is. It's Mike Feist, Kieran Hines, Troy Kotzer, Norman Plemons. I would hope it's Kotzer, but I'm not That's sure it is Hines. That's my gut would say. Yeah, my, mm. my gut would say Kotzer. I could see it being Hines. I don't, I mean, we're. it's all speculation on our part when we talk about this anyway. No, I need you very, to tell me who it is. Right. And, all right, well, then it was Jared Leto, Mike, is who, and he was just <laughs> is too much of a gentleman to accept the, no, I, I, I like, I don't, I, I, like you, think it was Kotzer, mm -hmm. um, and I, the reason I say that is Scott Feinberg is obviously more in the know than 99% of the people who do this anyway. And Coda has done very well on Feinberg's list throughout all season long, ever since Coda dropped on Apple TV Plus, And it's still going to be there in a couple of uh, surprising categories, I think. So I think Kotzer has, and Coda in general, has love. He's also an adorable person right now. He yes, gave he the greatest speech like in Gotham history. Mm -hmm. And then sure. he fell off his chair in the... The most charming way ever mm -hmm. on Twitter, right? I mean, that was awesome. That, I mean, he's the greatest actor in the world if he staged that. I don't think he did, but <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's a good point. He could be fooling all that of us. That was funny. We Everybody retweeted that yeah. yesterday. It was great. Right. So, all right. My predictions. Uh, I have four that I feel okay to good about. Mm -hmm. I was going back and forth. I didn't want to put two Belfast in. I had Jamie Dornan. I changed it at the last second just because of seniority and Kiernan Hines has never been nominated for an Oscar. So I have Kiernan Hines from Belfast, Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plemons, 
and pa- and Cody Smith McPhee, both of Power of the Dog. Plemons is maybe a bit of a surprise, but look, here's my take on this category overall. You can save that fifth spot, and you could have your Jamie Dornan and your Mike <laughs> Feist and your Bradley Cooper when you rip it out of me and Paolo's cold, dead Alfredo-soaked hands, okay? Jared Leto is my fifth pick for that supporting actor, and I'm going to follow that until Tuesday morning when my heart shatters into a billion pizza-shaped pieces. <laughs> I do not agree. I have not agreed <laughs> since we sat next to each other and growled during his performance while watching House of Gucci. But I will say uh, I agree with you on Smith McPhee and Kotzer. They're my top two. I agree with you on Kieran Hines. I do think that is a old Hollywood legacy pick yeah. that usually happens whenever you and I seem to study this category. Going back to Alan Arkin, going back to a lot of nominations, Tommy Lee Jones, when we've done retrospectives. It just and he could win it too if Kieran Hines gets in there. It I mean, makes I sense. could absolutely see that that line of thinking lean to him winning. Yeah, you can make the argument vote sharing could hurt. Bel- mm-hmm. The Belfast Boys, which I think has hurt the Belfast Boys up till now, which is a testament to Jamie Dornan's performance. But look, those those three are in my five, and they've been high on pundit list all year. Kieran Hines, some some misses there, but the, okay. Bradley Cooper, star power, snub power. I can't push him out. So for Licorice Pizza, he was my toughest omission. I, I have to bring him back in. So you and I are different on Bradley Cooper uh, versus Jared Leto. And we both have Jesse Plemons, which I would just love to get him nominated here because he's an MMO favorite. I think yes. the narrative of Plemons and his wife, Kirsten Dunst, being involved, uh, both both being nominated. Well, the fact that they're involved together is just uh, kind of a given being that they're involved is that what we're calling married again word (laughs) word choice is not going to be our strongest after preparing a 40 page (laughs) document that's true uh like mr torrance but Mm -hmm. we have we have a lot of possibilities in supporting actors so if we are the most wrong here i wouldn't be shocked uh, definitely a lot of possibilities and this could also be an early I mean they tend to do a supporting category early on the Oscars this could be the supporting category that's like an early show of strength category because I could see I mean there's absolutely a world in which two movies have two noms each year that being Belfast and Power of the Dog wow yeah that would be amazing. That'd be really cool and interesting, and it'd be fascinating to watch what happens. But this could also be a foreboding category that you know tells a little bit about Best Picture. Maybe Mike Feist keeps Jesse Plemons, or in a surprise, Cody Smith McPhee out. That could be a show of strength for West Side Story. If Power of the Dog is the only film with multiple noms in this category, and Belfast is held to zero or one, that's a sign of strength for Power of the Dog. You could say the exact same thing about Belfast if it lands two, and Power of the Dog only has one, and West Side Story gets shut out. It's that Oscars puzzle thing where I don't think we're going to know exactly what it means until Best Picture is over, but it's one of those things where it can set up some good hindsight explanation for all of us that do this. Or Coleman Domingo could come in off the top rope like Lakeith Stanfield did last year, just shock everybody or most people, because I did hear some people picking him because uh, he is in, in the conversation after the spirits and whatnot. But we we could get a different that. nominee because it, it seems like the voting is tight because there's a lot of variance between these these uh, precursors so that that would reflect that the voting is tight and if the voting is tight for like 10 guys then number 11 could could certainly sneak in I mean, he, but he's not number 11 he's number 11 on our list he's not number 11 obviously he's number five so Feinberg has my five though that's yeah. that's what I woke up to this morning 
And that's why I'm sticking with it because I wanted to change almost everything else, including this category. <laughs> waking up this morning, so you know, shout out to Mr. Scott Feinberg and his his last forecast, where he, it's it's a slimmed down version, unlike this document here. Uh, but I I do want to ask the question: Am I Scott Feinberg now? I mean, you are a hive mind. You are sharing one mind right now. There, you are my witness proof. because you are my witness. I put this. <laughs> together yesterday and i had this five yeah. and here we are today and i am scott feinberg now <laughs> that's that's how it, i think pretty sure that's the law in this country as a matter of fact uh great job by you good job. it's always exciting to go five for five and dealing with uh scott i have one of those coming up myself and i was thrilled to see it so uh we're going to talk more about that we're going to talk plenty more about scott's rankings too as we go along and i promise you Dear listener, not every category is going to be 12 minutes off the start, but Supporting Actor was, and we'll go to Supporting Actress next. The BAFTA Supporting Actress field consists of Katrina Balfe, Jesse Buckley, Ariana DeBose, Anne Dowd, Anjanu Ellis, and Ruth Nega. Okay, so big snubs here. I do think I want to mention Kirsten Dunst getting snubbed. That was a mm-hmm. surprise. She has everything else on the year. Uh, Marley Matlin was not even long-listed, FYI, and Kate Blanchett, the SAG nominee for Nightmare Alley, she was long-listed for Don't Look Up. So some strange movements by this BAFTA nominating and long-listing committee. But okay, Mike, you got predictions. Who do you got? So I think there's four that are pretty well-established. And there's actually a couple categories that I think we have at least four pretty well-established. And uh, this one's no different than those. I have Katrina Balfe. I have Ariana DeBose, who's obviously the favorite right now. I have Anjanou Ellis, who is my personal favorite uh, from King Richard. And I have Dunst making the field. I would be surprised if any of those four miss. Mm-hmm. I would probably be, I mean, DeBose is making it. I think Balfe is making it. Ellis and Dunst would be less of a shock if they miss, but I still think those are the top four. I agree, even though I'm less certain than you, I would say, because... I do think we got a top two because Katrina and Ariana have everything. Right. But we have some serious misses from Anjanou Ellis and Kirsten Dunst now. Kirsten missing yep. BAFTA, Anjanou Ellis missing SAG, and, uh, uh, well, not BAFTA, excuse me, missing SAG. So we have some variance there, but I- I'm going to go with you with those four, and uh, I'm curious to see what you do with five. Yeah, you can spin the wheel for your fifth as far as I'm concerned. Like, you just throwing a dart at a dartboard and pick the name that it lands on. I wanted to put Ann Dowd there just because Mass has basically, to me, been the poor man's coda in that it's the little film that came out in the festivals and just kind of chugged along all season. And yeah, its momentum has slowed down considerably, but it's still discussed by people in the know. Mm -hmm. You have names like Ruth Nega, who has the SAG bump, and now the BAFTA's nomination bump as well. Blanchette does too, but like you said, they weren't for the same performances. She was a tough omission for me. And then there's whatever has been going on with Catherine Hunter, who's kind of been a name out there for Macbeth. And honestly, Macbeth is one of those movies where if we wake up Tuesday and Macbeth has five noms, I'll be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And if we wake up Tuesday and Macbeth has zero noms, I'll be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So <laughs> I, I really don't know. And this is this is the beginning of my mental deterioration with all this stuff, because I'm going <laughs> to say a lot of things that I'm like, I haven't landed firmly on either way. So I'm like, oh, it could be this or it could be that. And I don't know. And I, I, I resent you for making me land somewhere. So in that vein, I'm just going to, Go with old reliable. I'm putting Meryl Streep's name for Don't Look Up. <laughs> How many times has that same thought spiral gone through an Academy voter's head? Pro- right. Many times. I, I mean, I'm really banking on, and this is going to be a theme throughout a lot of my nominations. I, 
I think you have to pick a movie or two that you think is going to do surprisingly well, and that's got to permeate a couple of the categories. I'm going off of the younger, more diverse Academy actually, like, not only likes McKay, which we've seen evidence of in past films like Vice, which did well in nomination-wise, but also, like, cares about the message of the movie, even though it's very polarizing that doesn't reach across the aisle well, obviously. But I, I think Don't Look Up is going to be something that's in some surprising categories for me. So I... I hope you're right there because i think don't that would be cool for the younger academy to Mm. because i think that would make make a difference throughout the card don't look up also got the best film nominee which many pundits are touting today as an indication that you know the british academy is in love with it that's a strong you know move for them even though last year they picked the mauritanian but okay Mm -hmm. uh Look, I Well, the Mauritanian was a British film too, wasn't it? Did we didn't we decide yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was. I don't Do you remember I, I what remember. it was? I cannot remember, yeah. I, I maybe I'm making that up out of hope. I'm going to make up a lot of things this episode too. <laughs> out of hope would be a, a the the the, the preference in terms of bullshit that I spin. But no, I think uh I think Meryl Streep could come off the top rope. I don't think it's happening in this particular year because I do think that there's more consolidation in this category. We have like Kate Blanchett versus Ruth Negga to me. They have mm-hmm. resumes. I think Marley Matlin, you could argue because of her le- legacy and the fact that she's a winner in this category before and she's in a big hit movie that's getting love throughout the season and indie spirits like her. But Scott has those two in and here I break. This is a schism, schism for, from Scott Feinberg, where I have to come back to Ruth Nega because I do see her going beyond like the critics' love, the beyond the festival love, beyond the critics' love, and now it's starting with the uh, a, a, the guilds and the academies. Now I get that this is a jury, but she got SAG, so that's a mm-hmm. big move on Ruth's part. So where I'm thinking, all right. Her and Anjanu are, are probably in if you're voting on probably's. And I'm just kind of giving the people the field here with my nominations throughout this episode, I think. So, I, th- I you know, I know we took too long with the supporting categories, but I do think it kind of sets the tone and hopefully gives people the feel. Yeah. Because I, I just I, I'm a slave for some of the resume stacking at, at times in this because we've always done this as pundits. So I'm going to go with the five that I've been with all along. DeBose, Balf, Dunst. Ellis and Nega because they've just been there forever. So if a Jesse Buckley surprises or a Gabby Hoffman comes off the top rope or an Ann Dowd factors back in, even though I think Martha Plimpton and her are sharing votes all season and I disagreed with them being in the same category, Mike, I I don't know. I think this category is a little more consolidated, but we shall see. And as far as laying out the field and seeing how like this the thought process is going to go when you're predicting these things, I, I feel like Nightmare in the same way that you have to like kind of pick a surprise and, and pick the theme of what's going to happen throughout your picks, I, at least if you want to have some coherence. I mean, you could do it all randomly and you'd probably be just as successful, if not more so than me anyway. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to say is that to me, when I was trying, I was trying to pick a theme that like would make sense with what I know about these resumes and what I've seen. Yeah. I think Nightmare Alley is on the fringe or just going to sneak in and do better than expected in a few of these categories. Could be. And if you had if you had to put money on a movie that's most likely to go Phantom Thread and surprise with more than just a couple nominations on nomination morning, I think the wisest bets would be Nightmare Alley and The Lost Daughter. Hmm. But the fact that everybody I think kind of feels that way 
to me suggests that maybe they're more secure than we think. And there's some other film that may be in trouble. That's been more secure all along. And this is where I would do my Jim Halpert into the camera and stare directly at like licorice pizza, or maybe don't look up or maybe West side story. Maybe bell. I don't know. God help him if it's King Richard, but I've seen King Richard and Coda dipping and I've seen, I've seen other films going up the board, but I, I think in a year where we have eight best picture nominees, that's, that would be more apparent. I wonder if in a year of a straight 10, that there's more love spread around, but you're right. I mean, Nightmare Alley showing up on HBO Max and Hulu right mm-hmm. now. Maybe that is considered a late breaker because God knows nobody saw it when it was in movie theaters, even though <laughs> it's out now in black and white. I mean, maybe they've just done enough and they blitzed the campaign trail because Searchlight knows exactly what they're doing because they've been extremely successful in recent years with these Oscar campaigns. So that's another factor in into the equation that that. Yeah, all the big pundits are kind of leaning towards Nightmare Alley. I don't know. We're both slaves to the resumes to an extent. I think you try to play the card more to where you're like, all right, if it if it's going to get picture, it's got to get these other noms. Yeah. I'm less in inter- I do less of that, but that's like a hedge for me. You're, so You're probably yeah, I mean that's that you're probably better off for it because otherwise my thinking would need to I'm arrogant enough to think things would go exactly the way I think they are. And that's why I end up angry all the time, no matter what the context is. Not only just prohibited to Oscar stuff. Well, but it does mean we should just throw our money at things, right? At down the line, because we just this this is <laughs> no problem. This there, is good sound reasoning, and even though it's mutually exclusive to one another, that means one of us has to be right at the end of the day. No. <laughs> In theory, in theory, that would be nice. Let's talk about original screenplay next, Mike. BAFTA original screenplays include being the Ricardos from Aaron Sorkin, Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, Don't Look Up, Adam McKay, King Richard, Zach Balin, and Licorice Pizza from PTA. Michael, this is the five I've been pitching for a while. Belfast basically comes back into original screenplay and the French Dispatch gets booted out from the WGA five. I, I've been wanting to go here, and the fact that Belfast shows up kind of just emboldens me to stick with this prediction after the last few weeks of uh, original screenplay talk from us, Mike. Yeah, because King Richard has been faltering a little bit that you kind of mentioned already, I was on the fence between that being my fifth one here, and I was ready to go Pedro Almodovar with a Parallel lot of people Mothers. Are, yeah. And because Almodovar had been treated so well by BAFTA, I mean, he was nominated nine times at BAFTA since 1999 alone, and BAFTA had a history of nominating uh, writer-directors and who were loan nominations in the screenplay category. I was I was ready to do that, and then he doesn't get nominated at BAFTA, yeah. which is kind of like missing a home game for him that we're going to talk about with a couple other movies here, uh, just because of the respect and the reverence BAFTA has treated him with, so... Because of that, I mean, maybe I'm putting too much stock in a BAFTA, but because of that miss, I'm going to go with the five you have, and I'm going to go with Zach Balin and King Richard as my fifth. Julian Ducournau and, and Pedro Almodovar, I do think they really got hurt this year without international film uh, selections at a certain point in the process uh, at, the, at the Academy. Because Parallel Mothers lost out with the national selection, and then Tatan lost out with the shortlist mm-hmm selection i think both would have roared back into these races more so especially after tatan got director at this show and regardless of the jury factor once you see the nominee from a huge precursor it does matter it was a deciding vote in some cases last year so all right i think you are scott feinberg now because you and he both thought 
parallel mothers <laughs> for a while and have the same rationale because so he's hearing something and the hive mind's now going through you and we are Scott Feinberg. Is that can that be the Soon, catchphrase? I, 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 I'll break. I, I mean, I'm not picking parallel mothers, so I'll break with Scott because I was. I, I'm okay with breaking with him now because mm-hmm. I realized I'm aligned with him in a place I didn't expect to be later on down the card, and so I'm gonna take my my beating for not being aligned with Scott Feinberg here. And I just like I ask that history remember me for being the martyr I am here, <laughs> as always, uh, <laughs> martyred martyring himself. <laughs> for the benefit of the greater good. That's just the type of guy I am, Mike. Adapted screenplay. <laughs> this year's BAFTA nominees include Coda's Sean Heater, Drive My Car, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, Dune's Denis Villeneuve, The Lost Daughters, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and The Power of the Dogs, Jane Campion. Some rough snubs here in adap- Adapted Screenplay, Mike, because Adapted Screenplay is a larger race, I would say. Passing Tragedy of Macbeth kind of ends the... F- you know, the the campaign for Macbeth there. Uh, mm. Passing was ineligible at WGA. This is a home game where Passing does not get nominated. So I see Passing still in fives, but this is kind of a rough beat for Passing. Otherwise, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story, they are out uh, of the BAFTA five and adapted screenplay. Nightmare Alley is out in this category, uh, even though it was never in because it wasn't even long listed. So, the heavy critic favorite is here, Dune, which we said is also uh, never been, never missed this year yet. Mm-hmm. So the top two, Power of the Dog and Dune, are here. After that, you got six bona fide contenders for three yeah. spots. Coda, Drive My Car, Lost Daughter, and then Dune, West Side Story, Tick, Tick, Boom. Really, oh, excuse me, West Side Story, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Nightmare Alley. So those six, you could you can make any arguments you want. What What do you have? I agree. I see it the exact same way. So you're basically kind of flipping a coin amongst six movies with very similar resumes and holes. I, look, if The Lost Daughter were with any other studio, I'd probably be predicting it to do better than expected come nomination time. Hmm. But part of me wonders if Netflix even wants it to be recognized in multiple categories, just on the basis that maybe doing so, maybe it's Lost Daughter's strength hurts other Netflix properties that they've already poured so much resources and marketing into it's, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the main reason I avoided putting Jesse Buckley in my supporting actress category. Wow. I, I do think the lost daughter gets recognized somewhere, at least in one category. So I did put it here. I put, uh, the lost daughter, Hamaguchi's drive my car. And, uh, I, I went back and forth with Kushner as well, but I'll put Kushner in over Coda and over nightmare alley. I don't feel good about it. I think Coda should be here. So I think I'm, I'm with you. For the most part, uh, four out of the five, Dog, Dune, Drive, and yes, Tony Kushner from West Side Story. I have to stick with Coda. I think it has coattails, and I think if those coattails are going to show up. Fuck it. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Take take West Side Story out. Give me Coda. Well, that's that's cooler than me because I, I want to stick with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I just wonder if... I wonder if that movie is getting vetoed a little bit. There's gifs online about how parents are actually not this exasperated, uh, at least in public. <laughs> they don't want to admit so in public, even though I've seen you all be that exasperated. I've seen you all. I was a, I was I've a seen you. <laughs> no, I think. I know what you do. I know you kids are crazy. And you hate your children. You should. Just you it. should be that exasperated. No, I think. Uh, I, d- I think 
Kushner's the big name, and I think they come back around to him. I want to pick. And I, I want to pick against. And flopped. I flipped and flopped between saying West Side Story is going to overachieve and underachieve, and that's I mean you're going to see that in a couple big categories too, where I have it showing up where I don't think people would expect it to, and I have it missing where I don't think people would expect it to. So I don't know what to make of West Side Story to be honest. Look, I'll be happy in this category in most cases because Maggie Gyllenhaal, she she wrote the hell out of that uh, screenplay, even though it was vexing uh, and exasperated, yes. Guillermo del Toro, I thought he wrote one of his best scripts ever for Nightmare Alley, and, and he's got a long, illustrious career. And then Tick, Tick, Boom was a really joyful experience, and it takes a lot to, to make me happy. And it, to, it takes even more to make you even tepidly even-keeled, which you, I thought you were. You just gave that a B-minus grade, and you were fairly steady afterwards in a not a terrible mood. So that means you yeah. were happy for, for you. <laughs> And that's adapted screenplay. <laughs> Let's go into the uh, the two categories that you have really thrown yourself into this year. We'll start with documentary feature, you poor, poor soul. You get to play Martyr this time. But as far as the BAFTA nominations for documentary, they had Becoming Cousteau, Cow, uh, Flea, The Rescue, and Summer of Soul is the field there. All right. I'm just going to predict my favorite five movies and say, screw it. I'm not, I, I'm knowingly walking into disappointment here, Michael, because even with the fact that I like 12 of the 15 Oscar shortlisted movies, right. I know they're going to pick the three nemesi that right. I have. Cause there's three movies I really don't like. I'm not going to shout them out again here because this is a positive podcast for once. Right. Uh, but I'm going to go with my favorites and this is the biggest jinx of all time, but I'm going to, Stand up for these movies and pitch them to you. Are you ready? And you just tell okay, me if you ahead. have them. The rescue, reenactments that are innovative, archival footage that is just too crazy to be true. These filmmakers are daredevils. They're former Oscar winners in Vassar Helyi and Chin. And it's one of the most emotional films of the year. If they don't pick the rescue, they're a-holes. Michael, do you have the rescue? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Summer of Soul, a joyous concert doc that is contending in best film editing for a reason. Yeah. Nina Simone has the hammer in this film. Sly and the Family Stone kicks it off, and Stevie Wonder's kind of in the in the center of it. Uh, this was a huge hit with my family at last year's Sundance, one of the few watch parties I had, and I'm glad it's racked up. All love this season. They're more than a-holes if they snub Summer of Soul. Mike, do you have Summer of Soul? They can't, they can't leave it out. They Good. can't do that again, can they? It can't possibly happen again. It is the front runner right now. As right. much as I like the rescue, right? I, I like them both, but I, yeah, it's it's the Apollo Eleven of this year. It's the Won't You Be My Neighbor of this year, right? Like they can't do this again. Not the Questlove. Oh, they can, but hopefully they don't. <laughs> so that's why I have I'm making this soul. stand. Yeah, I'm making this final there. stand. You still have it. We're both in, you know, Roman handshake, interlocked <laughs> arms. They won't do this to us again, Kiss Michael. Yeah, I have similar praise for this next movie, which is like of the big three resumes. This has more awards than any other film this season. Flea, Flea uh, is the is going to be here unless there is category confusion based on the precursors. Even though the precursors don't have great crossover, they have some crossover. And if they have any crossover, these movies should be here because they've won everything. So 
Just pick it. It's an easy decision. Pick Flea and documentary. Mike, do you have Flea? I do have Flea, and Flea's a documentary before it's an animated film, too, isn't it? Wouldn't you like isn't that how you don't it's doesn't the story come first? It is all three. It is a documentary. It is an international film. But, but my is... point, I guess, my guess, I, like if you're gonna if you're gonna power rank it and say, well, I don't want to nominate Flea too much, like I only want to pick it for some categories, wouldn't the line of thinking be like, okay, well, it's a true to life retelling before it's an animated picture, right? And there's a lot of in the room stuff that was just drawn over and animated that's very important. Even mm. though the flashbacks, you I mean you can make the argument that the flashback story is obviously, you know, all flashbacks not recorded or drawn over link later style so yeah i get the argument there i wonder if the the branch makes it makes it a sticking point so yeah maybe there's more than just category confusion maybe there is you know some somebody in that room who comes out and yells hey this is really not a documentary but mm. Why every other documentary awards body has basically nominated it and, and bafta nominated it again so what are we talking about here? No, nah, it's in but, my it's in my five. All right. We both have this surprise. This is listed in Feinberg's surprises because we love her and we love this documentary. Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. One of the best portraits of an artist I've seen maybe since Amy, and this is for much happier reasons. Amy won the category in Oscars past. So you add the family dynamic, you add the dynamic of an artist at home during the pandemic. Yeah, and I just think Billie Eilish is a, an awards magnet for for a damn good reason. So her and Phineas should should show up here again, right? Well, and I think it's aided by the fact that they're going to be there because they're going to be there for original songs. So they're probably going to show up to the. I mean, it just makes sense to people who want to hobnob. Oh, I voted for you, you know, like that just makes sense to me. So I, I yeah, I had it in there for similar. She's lucky in that sense that like. Maybe it's a tiebreaker thing, and maybe that could push her over the top. The fact that she's going to be already a nominate uh, nominee for uh, uh, original song, by yeah. all likelihood. So, yeah, I put it in my five. I avoided the world's a little blurry for the longest time on Apple TV Plus because I thought it was going to be like the Taylor Swift documentary, mm-hmm. which was like a documercial, as Bill Simmons put it. And it, th- this was nothing like that. This was cinema verite. This was on the ground. It, it, you know, looking ugly sometimes, looking looking tedious sometimes, giving us like the behind the scenes like we've yeah. never seen for anybody else other than, like I said, award-winning movies like like Amy. So Billie Eilish, the world's a little blurry. We both have it. All right. My fifth, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be stubborn here and I'm gonna pick president. This is about heroic journalists risking their lives to film uh, an African presidential campaign. The subjects are risking their lives to live that campaign and to try and change uh, the world Greenwich Entertainment kind of kept this one for themselves. They've they've sold docs like The Rescue and Free Solo to Nat Geo in previous mm. seasons. So I, I wonder if they're hoping that this one gets nominated and then that they can exhibit it going forward or and bring it back because this was a big hit at Sundance. It was an award winner at Sundance. So I, I wonder if we come back around and this is just one of those journalism picks that we've seen from this branch. And that's what I'm hoping for. Pick president documentary film branch this is an awesome movie i'm gonna talk about i don't have president so we differ we have three of the same and i we differ on two um i'm gonna talk about one of the ones that i know you don't want to see um (laughs) but the 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 way i picked what i picked is that there's been very little crossover between the doc feature five that end up at the oscars and the pga best doc nominations the producers guild best doc over the last half decade plus so what i did was i picked 
the two most likely PGA noms, which were Flea and Summer of Soul. Mm-hmm. And then I went outside the PGA uh, nominated ones to have the top three that were on Feinberg's list. And that was Attica. Uh, at one point, Billie Eilish. He may have changed it this morning with his latest uh, with his latest rounds. Right. But the fifth one in there was the Velvet Underground, which I know you were not a fan of. You weren't crazy about. But I, 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 it has its fans. The Velvet Underground as a band has its fans. It, it, again, it makes a lot of sense to me that if you're going to get them to show up and you can rub elbows with them, maybe that's enough to uh, sway some people. I wonder if uh, Apple gets two music docs in the same year. So that's why I'm kind of thinking Billie Eilish. But uh, yeah, the Velvet Underground has a big resume. It's almost as large as the resumes for the big three, Summer of Soul, The Rescue, and Flea. I think it's on par with The Rescue, I would say terms of resumes so yeah i mean this is 40 percent every precursor award show is like 40 percent we did the math last year so the fact mm. that i'm picking 60 percent <laughs> this year is dumb it's just dumb michael but uh <laughs> i'm gonna well, you're going be outside the box you're going outside the box too with president i mean that's you know if any branch is going to do something outside the box like that i think we've learned that it would be the doc feature branch i i'm rooting for them here i'm still gonna choose to believe that they will make me happy for once. Uh, let's move on to international feature and and talk first about the films not in English language nominees from the BAFTA. Drive My Car, The Hand of God, The Worst Person in the World. Those three are on the Oscar shortlist. And then off of the Oscar shortlist, Parallel Mothers and Petite Maman, Michael, you're going to throw out these five. And I, I'm, I'm with you on, on four of them. Yeah, and four of them just kind of make the most sense to me. Those would be A Hero, Drive My Car, which is the favorite, uh, The Hand of God, and The Worst Person in the World. I think the one that we differ on, I, I just it's the one I've heard talked about the most, basically. But it's on, uh, granted, that's on film Twitter, so that could mean absolutely nothing, and most times does. But I went with I'm Your Man as my fifth slot, but I'm happy to hear that we at least agree on four of them. The Dan Stevens bump, which yeah, is, uh, exactly. I think, the famous and also mom. <laughs> Are totally in agreement on this. Look, I, I think uh, I think there's a big four, but this category is notorious for going away from the big, the big nominees and and just going and picking movies that have not been released yet that people can discover going forward. And I'm never, I'm never, you know, as prepared in this category as I am in most others. So, despite the fact that I did all the film festivals. I don't know. I'm hedging with my bets on this one. I'm picking Drive My Car, Hand of God, Worst Person in the World. I do think those three stack up in terms of resumes. A Hero seems to be falling back since it did well kind of at MBR. It should have been a contender in many of Feinberg's lists there. And I'm still going with Flea. Clayton Davis came out with a quote today about how Flea is probably most consolidated in its support in the international film branch. We've seen, you know, Honeyland crossover. Mm. Last year, a doc or two years ago, documentary also getting a a uh, an international feature selection, and this is certainly you know an international f- feature. There's no you know category questions in this regard. So this is a huge crowd pleaser. It's a it's a meaningful film. It's an issue doc as well, uh, an issue film as well. So I'm gonna you know stick what? with those five. You convinced me. I I I I've, based on the Honeyland argument and the way that this category does does overlap, it would make sense to have the overlap leak into international feature. So, for for two reasons, one of your argument there, I'll switch. I'm your man. I'll take Flea as well. And for two, you've thrown yourself into this category uh, and the last category all year. <laughs> this is 
This is the blind. I did leading so blind very right little. <laughs> and you're you have the same picks as me, so I just like to think I taught you a lesson here. And also, I'm very sorry. <laughs> you should be sorry. No, you should stick with your different pick because I'm going to be so wrong here because Great Freedom and Playground and Compartment Number Six, which all have you know a lot of buzz surrounding them right now. Compartment Number Six played well at Cannes. I mean, freaking Scott Feinberg has Plaza Cathedral. I saw that for Christ's sake. I mean, it, out I of Panama, that. which nobody has seen, mm-hmm. nobody except for him. And maybe a but few I, other the, pundits. The crossover, I mean, that does make a lot of sense. If you're going to have something that's that's reaching multiple categories, and it is the international feature, even though I, I still say it's a documentary first, it makes a lot of sense to be crossed over in the international category. It's all right. I'm I'm with you. I'm there. Uh, we're both falling backwards <laughs> off this cliff together. Michael, animated feature. I thought this was going to be one of the easier categories. It is not. Yeah. BAFTA nominated only four. And Kanto. What a bunch of jerks! Luca, what a bunch of jerks! The, you could have helped clarify this category, and you only gave us four nominees. We needed the five. The Mitchells yeah. versus the Machines is that fourth one. If I got you know underneath you, but go ahead. <laughs> a lot more yelling to come. It's getting there. I'm getting revved up. Uh, just a list of nominees in this category at the Oscars in recent year. Wolf Walkers, I Lost My Body, Mirai, Loving Vincent, The Breadwinner, The Red Turtle, My Life as a Zucchini. Those are all nominees in the animated feature category since 2016, and they've all been voted in over more mainstream American animated fare from bigger studios to boot. So I guess what I'm saying is that this branch, the animated feature branch, likes to have a wide swath of representation in their noms historically. That's a good thing, and I think that's also going to give you reason to have flea in here as well if not multiple international animated features yeah bell is also a fringe contender i would say right now but it's a late breaker uh the same filmmaker got mirai nominated in this category a couple years ago mike so bell is alive it's it's an awesome film that i'm rooting for i can't quite predict it because i do believe that certain resumes have a lot to their name as of now so I'm going to stick with Encanto, of course, because that's that's the only easy one. But Luca has a strong resume. The Mitchell yeah, versus the Machines. I agree. It's still strong. Uh, Raya, Flea. I, I think those are the next two big resumes. Now, Sing 2 has a case. Sing 2 got the PGA. PGA is notorious for going like 80%, but okay. The PGA has picked 12 out of the last 16. Ryan made some good points on Flea, and I probably agree with him here in Animated more than anywhere else. However, I'm kind of hedging my bets with Flea, so I'm picking it in all three. We've kind of laid it out. I, I, I do think the international part of this branch shows up like you said, and I do think the PGA has missed on international film. So either Bell or Flea, as animated strong films, as you mean, right? Yeah, animated films. As strong yeah. as they are, right? International animated films, I guess I meant both, they should be here uh, as opposed and, and as different from the PGA 5. The PGA 5 usually doesn't come through, and I would guess Sing 2 would fall off, but I'm just guessing. Like, this category should have been a layup. Like, yeah. It's not. Well, I feel that way about a couple categories, and this one's in that grouping. I absolutely agree. This should have been a lot easier, and I'm pulling my hair out. (laughs) I think the only thing about Sing 2 is that, you know, it's a universal movie. It's got a great cast attached to it. They've been marketing the hell out of it lately. True. I mean, there's been interviews with the cast and people attached to the movie all over that I've seen. 
Bono has a song that's yeah. It, it now. could be a multiple yeah. nominee, exactly. So Ryan was all over that, yeah. And you could say, I mean, there's an easy way to talk yourself. I like how I'm arrogant enough to think I know anything <laughs> that these voters are thinking, but nonetheless, it's one of my favorite parts of the year is when I get to prognosticate like this with zero consequence whatsoever. <laughs> um, you could talk yourself into look. Do I really want to nominate three, technically three Disney movies? I mean, I'm going to have two there anyway. Do I really want to? I've never understood all year long why both Luca and Raya and the Last Dragon were considered to be slam dunk nominations in this category. I mean, they're good movies, but you know, they're not like all timers. And I think if one's going to fall off, it's probably not going to be the Pixar movie. So I have Sing 2 in there. I go yeah. in Canto, Flea, Luca, Mitchells versus the Machines for the same reasoning you do because the, that Sony Netflix crossover has done well recently. And I put Sing 2 as my fifth. I'll tell you what, I think Encanto is the only one with a super safe resume. I think I we could get variants anywhere. Mitchell's versus the Machines lost out at the HFPA. I, I Again, I think Sony and Netflix have done well in this category, so we're both going to keep it there. Uh, but I do, I, I do want you know want to pick Raya because it got ten Annie nominations, mm-hmm. and typically that nomination leader gets. Uh, an animated feature, not you know, Oscar nominee. Even though Frozen Two a couple years ago did not. Mm. You, uh, then again, Frozen Two still got original song, so it still got an Oscar nominee. I don't know, but look, I think I think this category is like a, a seven for five, and it's kind of a cool race. Now, I'm rooting against one of my picks here in Luca, but that's the same reason I'm <laughs> joyously rooting against one of your picks and Jared Leto. So we'll just keep going down this road and it's providing us with a lot of content and if bell and shows up here we go. yeah we're all gonna be happy so all right so that's animated feature we're gonna move to the some of the text here quickly sound uh is a category that typically should have some coattails but we'll see bafta's Five picks for sound were Dune, Last Night in Soho, No Time to Die, A Quiet Place Part 2, and West Side Story. All five of these are on the Oscars shortlist. So let's kind of go back a couple episodes ago and we'll discuss like who's strong right now and best sound. Dune, No Time to Die, West Side Story. They kind of should be in now. They, they also passed the ear test for me, but yeah, pundits have them, I have them, but now they have the res- resumes to, to, to stack up. They have both guilds and now BAFTA. Power of the Dog and Spider-Man, they have both guilds, but neither showed up in this five. Spider-Man because it wasn't eligible, but this is a miss for Power of the Dog. So, yeah. last night in Soho, BAFTA nom, Golden Reel nom. The Baby Driver sound team got both Oscar noms a few years back. I'm thinking that it's a similar group. So I'm going to go with Last Night in Soho on top of Dune, No Tide to Die, and West Side Story before I make my, my, my number five pick. What do you think of BAFTA here, Mike? I think I, I, I wish I had the cojones to do uh, Last Night in Soho, but I think this is also evidence of how BAFTA was drunk in a few ways because <laughs> not only do they have that weird ass-backwards nomination system that we talked about for the acting categories at least, Power of the Dog lands the second most noms it's likely going to win best score, but it can't land a nomination in sound Yeah, for the BAFTAs. I mean, Dune leads the field in nominations overall. It's considered a technical marvel, but the guy tasked with writing, directing, and making sure all those pieces fit together to make said marvel doesn't get recognized in the director category. I, it doesn't make sense to me with some of the things that BAFTA pulled off here, but I mean, at least as far as sound goes, they seem to... Uh, 
agree with me about Belfast, and they they, they left that off their uh, their nomination list because I said one of the last week I think I didn't understand how Belfast was considered a, such a player for sound other than the riot scene. It misses on its home turf here, and you yeah. wonder if that's that's a that's a strong miss. You wonder if it's a consolidation of the category. It's strong in one half where it got you know the sound editing golden reel, but it has no no CAS Cinema Audio Society for mixing. So maybe that's a factor here with Belfast as well. Tick Tick Boom has editing, but Tick Tick Boom did not have a good day at the Baftas, and you'd wonder if it could pick up something else to justify the best picture nomination look i think matrix res and a quiet place they have the next strongest resumes kind of for my fifth i'm gonna go with a quiet place part two because a quiet place part one got the oscar nom and neither previous tom holland spider-man got sound but i am wondering if there is Best Picture Coattails for A Power of the Dog, for A Tick, Tick, Boom here. I'm wondering if Matrix Res is going to show up uh, again here, but I don't know. I'm going with Dune, No Time to Die, West Side Story, Last Night in Soho, and A Quiet Place Part 2, and I'm not feeling great about it, Michael. Well, we disagree on the last two, and I don't feel great about mine, so take that. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't Tick, Tick, Boom need some technical in order to be in the Best Picture 10? Of course it does. You're wise to say so. So... I'm not picking it, but I just think that's <laughs> like I considered replacing spider my Spider-Man pick with Tick Tick Boom, but I couldn't justify it, and also I didn't want to, and also I don't want to see that happen. So go screw. <laughs> uh, Dune, No Time to Die, West Side Story. I do have Spider-Man here, and I picked Power of the Dog, which seems to have more support in the guilds than either Belfast or Tick Tick Boom. So Power of the Dog and Spider-Man, my four and five here. I think I like your five too. I want to switch it, but I'm not going to do that. A Quiet Place Part Two makes a lot of sense, especially with the like the Maleficent stuff. Even though they're totally different branches, I know, but I'm just I'm talking about past Oscar scars from these godforsaken prediction episodes we do. <laughs> well, if I'm lording best sound over your head in the next coming weeks, <laughs> it's justified. No, I, I, we're we're crazy to do so. Anyway, VFX. VFX is a cool category this year. We got some practical effects. We got some CGI stuff. BAFTA. They chose Dune, Free Guy, Ghostbusters Afterlife, The Matrix Resurrections, and No Time to Die. So in terms of resumes, Dune and Matrix Resurrections have everything now. They have the Visual Effects Society. They have the choice in the BAFTA. Bond does not have the guild. I'm wondering about eligibility there, but it is a surefire practical effects. Every every year, the, the Academy, the AMPAs love that. So I'm picking No Time to Die along with Dune and Matrix Res. Spider-Man was not eligible, so here's where I'm factoring in Spider-Man No Way Home as my Mm -hmm. fourth, and I'll stay with the MCU. The MCU has a huge part of the Oscar shortlist. They have Black Widow as well, but I'm going to stay with Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings because it has guilds and it has choice, so those are my five. Michael. Yeah, uh, you said that you copied Feinberg again, incidentally, and my response to that was that I think I've copied Scott either accidentally or blatantly for a majority of these categories. So uh, you're either in great or horrible company. Yeah, not only do I copy him, Mike, but I don't reference him. I purposely ignore (laughs) the fact that I'm supposed to set you up with the next paragraph there and reference that I copied him, but I'm just, yeah, I'm probably copying him unsolicited in many cases. Mm -hmm. Or the hive mind. We are fine. We are fine. Exactly. I don't know. 
I think it's funny how there's certain movies that are linchpins of like a group of categories, and it happens a couple times. We talked about Belfast and Power of the Dog could have major impact on the acting categories. Uh, what you believe about the Academy's fondness of Spider-Man and the MCU probably shades what you'll predict in these technical categories to an extent, at least for sound and VFX. My prediction is made a little easier. I don't think there's a huge rush to make Spider-Man this like big-time Oscar-nominated film. I happen to agree with Ryan as well that the consensus is probably going to be that the money is the film's award. Mm. But you also... It's it's tough to justify having it in sound and having it miss VFX. You could have it in VFX and miss sound, but if you're going to have it in sound, you probably think it's going to be in VFX anyway. Um, so that's my five or your five based on basically that. And I do have Spider-Man getting two Oscar noms at the end of the day. So mental gymnastics are a strength of, uh, <laughs> of one of us. No, that was, that was really interesting how you talked yourself into that. Uh, this could be Godzilla eternals, black widow, ghostbusters and free guy. And we could be hilarious. Hilarious. Keeps well. popping up too. And that bothers me. <laughs> A lot of the pundits were very high on ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, I still like embarrassingly. I haven't watched it yet, me but it, it's six bucks now. So I'm, I'm, I almost took the dive last night. It's going to happen. Mike, Category number 10 is cinematography. We have Dunes, Grieg Fraser, Nightmare Alley's Dan Lauston, uh, No Time to Die's Linus Sandgren, The Power of the Dogs, Ari Wegner, and The, the Tragedy of Macbeth's Bruno Del Bonnell. West Side Story, a notable snub in cinematography, yeah. left off now both the ASE and the BAFTA Fives. Belfast, the ASC nom but misses here at BAFTA. I keep saying it's his home turf, and I, I would say so again. That is that is a painful one. Uh, Feinberg had both Nightmare Alley and No Time to Die, so I'm guessing uh, it's not just a British pick there for No Time to Die, but he's been pushing West Side Story uh, out of his five as well. After after that development, so look, I'm going with the big three: Dune, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth. They have everything. I'm wondering if a Best Picture contender has coattails, but I'll, I'll stick with Nightmare Alley because I think it deserves it in many ways, and I think BAFTA and AFC has now emboldened me uh, to go with Nightmare Alley as my fourth. And then I'm gonna say Belfast still gets in, and why am I saying that? Because I believe that the Guild, the ASC, matters a little bit more than BAFTA. 22 out of the last 25 nominations have come from the American Society of Cinematographers, and they do go international for their picks. And they've have they've picked some strange ones that wind up on Oscar Oscar morning. So I'm going to stick with Belfast, even though I it'd be cool if Bond gets one. Skyfall got a nod for Roger Deakins back in 2012, and that would validate many of uh, many episodes of our past with the Bond mm. character study. Mike, who do you got? I would love to see uh, Bond get in here as well. Uh, I'm sorry, but especially over Belfast. I, and I know me commenting on like anything having to do with setting up a shot or getting the camera to move around is like ridiculous because <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But I, I, I don't understand what the affinity for the cinematography in Belfast was. It was it was very well shot. It looked pretty, but it also came off the way it was shot to me like it was done on basically a stage play, more so than this like sprawling town that was. It looked pretty confined to that one or two street, that cross street, but I, I agree with you. I mean, we're going to be wrong for a number of reasons, not least of which is probably that we're agreeing way too much, but 
for the second category in a row here, your five is my five. I think the the coattails, the best picture coattails of Belfast gets in there. So you actually perform mental gymnastics to argue against us, and then you agreed with me. It's so stupid the way I approach it. Like, this practice in general I hate because it makes me feel like the dumbest man in the world. But also, like, there's some categories I'll pick stuff just because I want to see it. And then there's other categories like this where I, I confine myself to being like, just do what you think will happen, even though you don't agree with it. And it's so arbitrary. <laughs> like, there's no consistency. Hopefully the people are having fun listening to this. <laughs> no, no, I think we, we did have fun making the list. I'm just we, mad at myself. This is just I, me being angry at myself. I, I think you got to go easier, but I, I'm enjoying the fact that you're not. So let's move into lead actress. Uh, we have one of the more fascinating categories as a centerpiece of this episode because Bath, the leading actress... Did not go as planned, even though they <laughs> legislated for actress snubs uh, to be less so. But here we go. Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Alana Hyam, Licorice Pizza, Amelia Jones, Coda, Renata Reinsve, the worst person in the world, Joanna Scanlon, After Love, Tessa Thompson, Passing. Crazy. Wow. The big names, and I say big names because they're SAG nominees, they're choice nominees in many a case, are left off this list, Michael, and lead actress. Gaga is probably the only one of the British Academy selected two. Who is the other? Because you can make a case. You can make a case for any one of them because the fact that there's no Kidman, Coleman, Chastain, or Hudson in this five. So who the hell is the other person? Is it Alana Heim? I don't know. I think Feinberg is kind of honing in on Amelia Jones because he's yeah. had Amelia Jones of Coda and Penelope Cruz of Parallel Mothers in his five for a while. He's canvassing voters. But all right, I'm going to stick with Gaga, and I think this is a proof of her strength in the category, unfortunately, even though David Long, Lady Gaga. <laughs> he's going to be ranking in the millions again. Good for him. So Lady Gaga's here. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kidman. She's got everything else. I'm going to stick with uh, Coleman. And yes, I'm still sticking with Jessica Chastain along with Lady Gaga. So those are my four. Otherwise, I'm going to be stubborn. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, again, like documentary, have righteous anger against the Academy. If they pick against Kristen Stewart, I'm staying with her. I believe in snub power. But if I'm wrong, I will rage. And it Good. will be scorched earth. Now, to mix my metaphors, you usually go down with these ships. You usually, yeah. you pick Tony Collette. You pick Lupita Nyong'o to the bitter end. Have you learned? Yeah. Or are you going to join me on the poop deck? Look, you can't not pick Kristen Stewart to make the field. You can't. Like, call it stubbornness. Call it bias. Call it faith. Call it hope. Whatever. I actually think, as a matter of fact, the fact that it's become such a foregone conclusion that she wouldn't make the BAFTAs could in some backwards way help her make the Oscars field because the shock was already sucked out of the room before the BAFTA noms came out. Like, everyone was expecting her to miss, so (laughs) in many ways, I know, at least for me personally, I was more surprised at Kidman not making the BAFTA field than I was with Stewart not making the BAFTA field. So maybe people have already come to accept that and they're already coming around the other side, backlash to the backlash type thing. You can't not pick Kristen Stewart to make the Oscars field. So I'm not picking Kristen Stewart to make the Oscars field. Um, (laughs) I went back and forth. I struggled so hard. I I, I wanted to pick only uh, three SAG nominees 
or maybe even two. <laughs> I couldn't justify it in my head. I, I'm heartbroken over this. I, I promise you, dear listener, I'll make up for it. And Mike, I'll make up for it. Like, no, I, I, you I can't. do something silly at the end. I, I do. <laughs> I just walked out onto this deck of this sinking yeah. ship. Yeah. I ladled, ladled with a chalice <laughs> because who cares? It's sinking anyway. I ladled that lime green soup with the pearls in it. <laughs> And I brought out two chalices for us both, and you just went see ya and jumped into a ro- rowboat. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 can't, I struggled so much with this. Like, if so, if Coda finds itself in every category its resume suggests it could reach, then Amelia Jones could be the not all that surprising surprise nominee. You can yeah. say the same for Alana Heim, much to your chagrin, I know, Mike. <laughs> I had a couple running themes throughout. And like I said, I don't know what to do with West Side Story. I can't tell if it's going to be something that surprises in a couple categories, such as here and or Mike Feist in supporting actor and or Kushner in adapted screenplay, or if it's going to be shunned a bit based on its BAFTA's performance. I'm kind of splitting the baby in that way by keeping it out of the latter two categories I just mentioned. I have Rachel Ziegler in one of the spots here showing up. Wow. Mainly because of track record in history. Only three times in the past 10 years has the NBR, the National Board of Review, Best Actress winner, not made the Oscar nomination field in Lead Actress. And even the last time that happened, you'd have to go all the way back to 2016. So Ziegler, I have as maybe a surprise making this field. Hmm. Yes to Gaga. Can she have Jared Leto accept on her behalf when she inevitably wins? Or can Will they at least play choice? the sex scene? Will can she? they at least play the sex scene for like her, her Oscar clip? That's all I ask. Will will she have a choice? Will he just Kanye in character? We've we've gone over this. I mean, this is perhaps the burning question of all burning questions. We should ask every es- expert guess if he's just going to show up as Paolo. I, I think they might they might humor us for a second train and then hang in that up direction. Yeah, <laughs> and then hang up. Um, so Ziegler, Gaga, Kidman, I have Coleman, I have. I don't like Jessica Chastain's performance. Tammy Faye is probably getting makeup and hair, too, and I doubt that would be the movie's only nomination. Hmm. No Stewart for me. I think it's Highway Robbery. I really wanted to put her in at least this fifth slot like you did, but she would likely be the lone nominee from her movie, which is difficult enough to pull off. And then you realize only five times since the year 2000 has the SAG lead actress five had more than one nominee different from the eventual Oscars lead actress five, and I've just been beaten into submission with this. I mean, SAG usually gets 80% or better Maggie, of a crossover. Maggie Brown is moving over on the rowboat, on the I'm, rescue I'm boat. I'm sick. I don't like it. I'm very upset at myself. You're taking the seat, and I'm staying on board like an And idiot. the one time I don't go down with the ship, hopefully I'm going to be wrong. So I, Because I want her. She should win. Never mind be nominated. This is nuts. Look, I think it's a deep field this year. I think we'll be pretty happy no matter who gets nominated. Penelope Cruz would be a fun yep. nomination. Uh, I, I think she's in my five at the end of the day at the Mike Mike and Oscars. Amelia Jones, I'm a huge fan of her performance. Alana Hyam, I have more script problems with Licorice Pizza than I do actress uh, performance mm-hmm. problems. So uh, I'm, I'm in if she gets here. And she might be that number two if it's not Renata Reinsve, like some pundits are surmising this morning. I don't know. Maybe Tessa Thompson. Could be Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Could be Tessa Thompson. Momentum all along. Uh, I She's in my five uh, from, from the beginning. I've said I've been on the record of that. I think that's an actor's actor performance, which is very subtle. And, and my rewatch of Passing was awesome uh, because I have 
movie watching endurance unlike someone else here i don't know how you do yeah it's i crazy. i just gotta take shot I, i'm gonna take shots at you as i transition to every new category for some <laughs> despicable reason it's probably a defense mechanism for my own anxiety so here we go on to lead actor bafta picked adil Akhtar of ali and ava they picked Mahershala Ali of Swan Song, Benedict Cumberbatch of The Power of the Dog, Leonardo DiCaprio from Don't Look Up, Stephen Graham of Boiling Point, and for the first time ever, Will Smith of King Richard gets his first Baptonom. Who are the two here? Look, I think probably Smith and Cumberdip, but Leo's here, I don't know, maybe Mahershala or Leo as former, former winners get some BAFTA love, but I'm guessing the two pundit favorites cumberbatch and will smith that's what i would assume they've been there all year long it makes the most sense can you talk yourself into being leo i think you need to be very high on don't look up and you kind of need to think about don't look up in the way that i've been pitching it that it's kind of like this body wide force i don't know that that would be uh, mahershala has shown up nowhere but it's also not a surprise to see him get uh, some love at the BAFTAs. I, I'm going to agree with you and say that it was Benabu and and uh, Will Smith, but I would not be surprised to be completely wrong about that. Now, I wonder if Tick, Tick, Boom played in the West End back in the day. Maybe not, and that's why mm. Andrew Garfield and Lin-Manuel Miranda had, did not have a good showing here. I don't think a lot of pundits are shook by Andrew Garfield being left off this juried list especially with Cumberbatch and, and Smith on it. So I'm not going to abandon ship on Andrew Garfield either, uh, and I think he's got everything he's else. He's Scott so. Feinberg's number one still. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be in here. Then I'm just going to stick with SAG, Choice, and Globe, and I'm going to stay with Denzel Washington as my fourth. I, I do think he has a few scenes where he goes a little overboard, but he's got a lot of subtle great greatness to every performance, and he nails that performance as – as uh, Macbeth, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Denzel, and I do think there could be BAFTA bias against him. He's never been nominated for the BAFTAs. I don't know what he said. I don't know if he just told it like it was against them in the past. They're not a guild easily got along with, based on previous accounts. But we'll, well that's or, silly. An academy, yeah. so yeah. But he's never been nominated there, which is know, absurd. So almost out of defiance, he's one of my favorite actors, if not my favorite actor of all time. Denzel still gets in, even though I've been going away from Tragedy of Macbeth <laughs> everywhere else. So yeah, we're we're terrible at this because we get emotional. I guess I don't yep. know. I'm sticking. <laughs> I'm sticking with the SAG Five. I'm sticking with the SAG Five, and I'm sticking with Javier Bardem again for bad reasons because I'm not particularly fond of that performance as much as my parents are. But my parents were so high, and they said he got Desi Arnaz exactly right. And that we were all dismayed that about the controversy and the fact that he's not Cuban. And that should matter, but it doesn't to yeah. this Academy in, in years past. So what is what is going to happen? Are we going to see Mahershala from Swan Song, Dinklage from a late breaker like Cyrano, or Bradley Cooper, who seems to have a lot, mo- a lot of momentum? He's on Feinberg's Five kind of out of nowhere, but... Searchlight knows what they're doing and snub power. So the the reason I, I stayed away from Bradley Cooper and supporting actor and lead actor here, it would not surprise me to see him nominated, but remember the first year we were lucky enough to have Scott come on our show 
And he had just written that article about how Bradley Cooper was rubbing too many Academy members the wrong way with regards to his directing campaign for Star is Born. So you're using Scott Feinberg against Scott Feinberg right now? Well, like, I'm just wondering, like, is, is all that just forgotten now? Is it old news? It's just like actors support actors and directors support directors and they don't really care what happens in the other branch to each other? Is, is it Was it a one-time thing? Was that just the excuse everyone defaulted to to fill out their ballots and keep him off it? Like... I don't know. That sticks out to me because I always thought Bradley Cooper was like this aw shucks nice enough guy behind the scenes. I don't know. That's the inside baseball that uh, we could still only read about. So as true pundits <laughs> sitting on the <laughs> sidelines here in the Siberia of Hollywood, Connecticut, I don't know. <laughs> the Siberia of Hollywood, the East Coast. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, this is a big category for Best Picture, too, right? Like, cool. Andrew Garfield needs to show up here for Tick, Tick, Boom to be in Best Picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Does you Can you say the same about Javier Bardem? If for being the Ricardos to have a chance in Best Picture, doesn't Javier Bardem need to be here? Uh, I I think so. You could say the same probably about Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley, no? Or at least it'd be a big show of strength towards Nightmare Alley showing up in Best Picture. Maybe Nightmare Alley has enough text and undercard stuff. Has to, more text. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going with, a, we have four of the same and I'm just differentiating. I'm going with don't look up being a bigger player than people realize being the Oscars nom day surprise. Wow. Uh, I've Cumber breakfast, burrito, Garfield, <laughs> Will Smith, Denzel, and Leo, uh, just because basically he's Leo for the same reason. Merrill is Merrill. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm mentioning so many names that I'm comp- confused at who I just picked. Who did, who the hell did I pick again? You had, uh, Cumberback. <laughs> He's bringing sexy back. Yep. Garfield, Will Smith, Denzel, and then your fifth, I believe, was Javier. Bardem. Oh, because I stuck with him. And even look, I like Javier Bardem. I just, yeah, I'm thinking old Hollywood made made that pick stick. But I'm moving I mean, away look, from. I've been. Yeah, I the whole reason I picked against Parasite two years ago was because of old Hollywood and the green book stuff. And you know, that, that influence is still there in the Academy. And now two years later, I'm saying, Oh no, it's all young and progressive now. And don't look up is going to be carrying the day. Like it's who knows. If I thought Leo was one of the two, then I'd probably go with Leo, but I don't think he was one of the two. I'd be surprised. I don't know. Maybe he was because Garfield's not there. I'm more willing to believe he might've been. Yeah. That, that that's makes the spe- any sense that's where whatsoever. the no that's where the speculation gets juicy. So if him and Smith or him and Cumberbatch were yeah. two from the British well, Academy, it had to be at Cumberbatch, large. right? Cumberbatch Ugh. had to be one. Wow, they're just no? that. I mean, talk about a home game. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh my God, Will Smith, what the hell? How is he not? You know, how is he not I'm more entrenched? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. The, the I performance. Love that, I mean, it's a very good performance by Cumberbatch, but I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get I don't it. Get why it. it's so high? But I look at. I like the performance by Cumberbatch. Right. If he gets a nine, right. very, very I'm, good. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Well, let's transition seamlessly to makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> Baftas. An Mua. underrated MMO favorite category. By the it way. is. It is. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to experts on this one. The Bafta Mua category is Cruella, Cyrano. Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Big snubs for No Time to Die and West Side Story here. But with everything, I do think 
if you're a slave to the resumes like I am, I'm sticking with Dune, Cruella, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci because they have the Muaz Guild, they have the choice, and now the BAFTA. So this category does become easier, potentially, with those four. Do you have those four, Mike? I do have those four. Uh, as far as the fifth, we do differ. And uh, quite frankly, if I get close to 60% of these calls right, I will just... It'll be a miracle. But I, I, I promise to get every single winner right when we do our prediction show after the noms come out. So I'll make it up to you, dear listener. Um, I'm glad you're making that promise. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to side-eye you for the rest of the <laughs> season. But okay, Bond, missing on its home turf, West Side Story. Missing, though... I, I mean, you'd think it would have coattails maybe here, but I'm trying to think about it now. And I mean, the hair is great in West Side Story, but maybe it just doesn't have the candidacy and make up I had and hair. it there. I went back and forth. I'm sticking with Nightmare Alley as my fifth. Nightmare Alley's got the prosthetics. It's got some wounds going on, and it's got some hair. So it's got makeup. And Kate Blanchett's hair is immaculate, yeah. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to come back to Nightmare Alley with the guild. Cyrano only has BAFTA. But I'm wondering if, dude, I'm wondering if the just the big hair, the you know, he's Joe Wright hair, the period piece hair. Mm-hmm. This is where it, it could come into play. And as a late breaker, I wonder its eligibility previously. Suicide Squad may have too much CGI. It's not necessarily the same kind of player with Harley Quinn and the prosthetics that we saw in the first mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, Mike. With the guy who did, but the it does fire. have somebody's uh, painted white face, and that's been a big, <laughs> big role for this category in the last few years. I want to pick Coming to America because that's a cool pick. That would be cool, and you know we reviewed it a while ago, and the makeup and hair is is tremendous in that movie. I wonder if the tone of the film is working against it. I don't know. I think Coming to America was a cool shortlist. Maybe it has ability, but not getting BAFTA even, even with the voting. I don't know. Feinberg has West Side Story in the fourth position. Cyrano just has a lot of powder, and I'm just going to be a Fifi man and pick Cyrano. I, I like. Well, it. if if Cyrano's going to show up, it's going to show up in makeup and hair and costume design. And I mean, uh, anywhere uh, if it's going to show up anywhere other than Dinklage making a, a run at best actor, he still these are the could. two categories. Cyrano's going to show up based yeah. on his festival season. He certainly still could. He got the Gotham tribute. He could come back with a vengeance. But, uh, all right, remind me, who, who you have Nightmare Alley as your fifth. We have the big four. I yes. have Cyrano for some reason. So the big, f- the big four being faith. Dune, Cruella, Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Dune's going to win no matter what we're talking about, or maybe I Cruella. I think so. Yeah. All right. Michael, let's move on to costume design. Stick with the artisan categories. BAFTA picked Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, The French Dispatch, and Nightmare Alley. A big snub for West Side Story here and the candidacy of West Side Story with those tremendous costumes, the bright yellow of that Ariana DeBose dress, Mm. the best of all. I mean, one of my highest compliments for West Side Story was the costume. So this category may need an Oscar shortlist because I think Feinberg has like 30 still listed and for good reason (laughs) because the Guild has how many categories? So... I'm going to keep West Side Story in there, more about merit for me than anything else. I have it as well. After that, it gets a little simpler, I would say. Dune, Cruella, and Nightmare Alley have all three now. They have Guild Choice and BAFTA, so that's four for me. West Side Story, Dune, Cruella, and Nightmare Alley. Do you have those Same. three? Yep. 
I have those four, as a matter of fact. Dune, those Corella, four? Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Yep. All right. So the the fifth pick, I guess you could go the French Dispatch being on the rise. That would make some sense. Good sense. I'm going to stick with the fact that Scott Feinberg has Ruthie Carter surprising. I'm going to stick with my prediction on chasing the gold because I think she's got snub power after after last year. I'm going to say Coming to America shows up here at the Academy with Ruthie Carter. I'm hoping. Could be a makeup call, too, for when she got snubbed with for uh, Dolomite, which she absolutely should have been nominated for. Right, two years uh, ago. As well. Sorry. Yeah. So Could have been three. Um, I don't know time, <laughs> but I love that movie. Feels like a billion o'clock to me, folks. I don't get how Cyrano isn't more of a lock in this category, considering the lack of period pieces this guild has to pick from this year and their absolute demand that period pieces show up in this category whenever possible. Right? <laughs> so why are I, I don't what are we doing? It makes no sense to me. Uh, I'm going to, nonetheless, I'm of course not picking that, uh, nor am I picking <laughs> coming to America. I, I'm with you. I don't see how West Side Story misses, especially when this wasn't even supposed to be a show of strength category for its best picture consideration. West Side Story was just supposed to be like the favorite in this category yeah. because of that DeBose dress specifically, I would imagine. And that's, I do wonder if it's just like so seeped into American culture versus British, you know, culture and British film. West Side Story isn't overtly american movie more so than anything else so i that's what i wonder about that i think it's going to make more sense that west side story plays better with the american academy than the british academy um my fifth i don't know what's that old phrase when in doubt go with what you know house of gucci (laughs) this is this is a big get for house of gucci uh if they can if they can land it that brings back their best picture chances so all right let's horse race. oh yes it does mike let's horse oh yes it does horse race that for a moment before we (laughs) put a pin in that statement you just made all right production design (laughs) bafta likes cyrano dune the french dispatch nightmare alley and west side story look i think there's a big four now in terms of the uh terms of the resumes but what does that mean we'll see but dune French Dispatch, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. They pass the eye test for me. They now all have BAFTA choice. ADG, the Art Directors Guild, and the Set Decorator Society of America. Now, those have multiple categories, those two guilds. So you can make arguments for many other films. The fifth nom, to me, is anyone's guess because of so many of those guild categories. I'm with you. Belfast still has Critics' Choice. Cyrano now has BAFTA and set decorators. I'm going to come back to Cyrano. I think those sets look awesome on on the trailer. I have not seen the film yet. I can't wait to. I missed some screenings of it. So if Cyrano is seen, I'm going to go with it here, and I'm just going to be... I'm going to be a slave to the period pieces in opposite categories of you, of your arguments previously for dumb reasons, and I'm going to equally feel anxiety about it. (laughs) Good. <laughs> now, there's a weird correlation between what the critics' choice do in this category and what the Academy ends up doing for production design, hmm. and that applies both to nominees and winners. You go back to since 2010, there's only been two years in which the Academy 5 in this category had more than one nom different than what was the critics' choice nom in this category. So if you put that differently, most years, if you want to find the eventual Oscars 5 production design nominees, go to the critics' choice noms. Hmm. Pick four of those, and then choose one that wasn't nominated there. Wow. Belfast, Dune, Nightmare Alley, French Dispatch, and West Side Story are the Critics' Choice 5 this year. Mm. You took the sure four. You added Cyrano. I'll differ slightly. I'll take the core four. 
and I'll uh, I'll take Belfast out of the Critics' Choice Five. I'll put Macbeth in the Critics into the Oscars Five. Macbeth will be my fifth, but we're both picking period pieces, which is kind of funny. All right, so Dune, Nightmare Alley, French Dispatch, West Side Story. It'd be surprising if they don't make it. You have Belfast. I have Cyrano. That is production I have Macbeth. design. I have Macbeth. You have Macbeth. I have, I have Macbeth. Cyrano. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I have Belfast. What are we talking about? Is this the Oscars or the? Are we are we doing food this episode? I should. <laughs> Poured the drink. I didn't. I didn't. I brought coffee. I said I was gonna drink. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna drink alcohol during this episode, and I didn't even do it. Now this is this is fun though. All right, sixteen out of twenty here. Original score. BAFTA likes being the Ricardos from Daniel Pemberton. Don't look up. What a saxophone. What or trumpet? Excuse me. I I don't know music. Mm. Terrible at it. Nicholas Bertel. <laughs> Dunes, Hans Zimmer, The French Dispatch, oh. Alexandra Desplat, and The Power of the Dogs, Johnny Greenwood. Okay, Dune and The Power of the Dog now have everything. They have BAFTA Globe Choice, Hollywood Music and Movie Award, and Guild uh, Picks there, the SCL. Dune has also won that globe for Hans Zimmer. The French Dispatch and Don't Look Up, uh, Don't Look Up winning the HMMA. They, they only miss Globe. Who really cares about the FPA, HFPA? Who cares about their acronym anyway in score? <laughs> so we have a firm four. I'm going to call it the yep. firm four in original score. Dune, Dog, Dispatch, and Don't. Meaning mm-hmm. alliteration rules require I pick sure. a title with a D in it. Right. Die, daughter, duel. Mm, of course. If I truly want to be cool. Those are the rules. I don't want to be cool. <laughs> Do I? I'm not. I can't help it. I'm going to come back to Parallel Mothers. H-M-M-A. Scott Feinberg's got a sixth sense. Mr. Inglesias got the Globe nom, and I'm always hypocritical. I just said the Globes didn't matter, but here I'm going to go with them. L.A. Critics, (laughs) they matter because Ann Thompson told me so. (laughs) What am I doing? Parallel Mothers is my fifth. I have no Just clue. And Canto, unwinding. And Canto Bond being the Ricardos, King Richard Spencer, they all have you know resumes. Hans Zimmer can get two for No Time to Die. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. Michael, stop me from talking. Isn't it funny how this went from Johnny Greenwood would have two nominations <laughs> to now Spencer has fallen off so far, and it's like maybe Hans Zimmer will have two nominees. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I do think there's some meaning to Bond missing this category at BAFTA. Uh, you know, I don't know how much meaning, but I do think it's worth at least mentioning and noting. I don't think the Academy is in the business of consolidating noms, but if they ever were, I mean, if you were going to do that in this category, Lord knows Hans Zimmer is a name who's as worthy as getting multiple nominees in one year as anybody else is. Mm, he goes on tour. Yeah. What if, what if musicians around James Samuel are just really proud of his directorial debut? He and goes on to give him too. praise. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll take King Richard. Give me Chris Bowers just for the sake of variety and just for the sake of justifying King Richard showing up in my best picture field, which I think it has been shaking a little bit. I like it. I like it. I like how I just draw on a random punditry thread with with Parallel Mothers, but I'm rooting for Parallel Mothers. I like that score. Dark. I think Parallel Mothers is going to show up in a couple and I'm just I'm screwed. Well, now I could say because I nominated it nowhere. Yeah, well, you you can't, but I can. All right, original song, we do not have a BAFTA category to break down here, so let's just dive right into the predictions. I'm sticking with No Time to Die because Billy and Phineas, and it's a great mm-hmm. song. 
I'm sticking with Be Alive, Beyonce's King Richard anthem, even though some pundits are dropping it right now. And Ryan just said it may fall out, and maybe he's right. I'm going to pick Here I Am, Singing My Way Home from Respect, Jennifer Hudson, Carol King, Names That Cannot Be Ignored, Dos Orugitas from Encanto. I'm going to pick the Globe winner. And I think that's a great song. It's not a good song. It's a great song. I've been listening to it quite a bit. And look, I think the Old Academy is going to make an Old Academy pick somewhere here in the five to thwart you and your need for five contemporary Grammy-level oh. stars. And I'm going to say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not happening. <laughs> I'm going to say Down to Joy, Van Morrison, that melodic song, and it rationalizes a lot of things about Belfast for me. I might miss three in this category, and we've been... <laughs> Off the most in many cases with original song. Who who you got? I nailed original song last year. I had that her coming out. I don't like remember what one you pick, yeah. and when you're right, right. I don't. Oh, I was good. I'm the greatest. You did pick that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say you'll miss three. We we differ on three of these. I <laughs> this is the easiest slam dunk for the Academy to do. It's so self-explanatory and it lays itself out so beautifully and it's so hard to screw up that there is no doubt in my mind that they will bungle it <laughs> i agree with no time to die yeah i agree with with lin-manuel Miranda dos orguitas okay i wouldn't be surprised if beyonce jay-z and ariana grande all miss hmm. I-, I only have ariana grande of those i have just look up from don't look up otherwise as far as like satisfying and satiating the older members of the academy I do have you saw, your song Save My Life from you 2 making it. And I put the Coda song, Beyond the Shore, in there as well. I think wow. Coda has the potential to do much better than people realize with noms. But, Darn like, it. wouldn't this, like, in a year that it makes so much sense to have Beyonce perform and Jay Z perform and you 2 perform and Ariana Grande and Billie Eilish, like, doesn't it make the most sense that they go for a Van Morrison who would a thousand percent refuse to show up, right? Like, he was turned that. No, you would turn that invitation down. There's no way Van Morrison's going to play for a bunch of hoity-toity Hollywood elite. Or like Brian Wilson to be nominated. That would make sense with what the Academy is. All right. It just makes sense to me. You're convincing me. I got to change something. I haven't changed anything all show. I'm going to go with Beyond the Shore. That makes too much sense. That's a song in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bump down to Joy out of mine. I'm going to stick with Beyonce. I'm going to die on that ship. I don't care. That's a great song. Wouldn't surprise me. I hope it. I hope Beyonce It's on my nominated. Spotify playlist. I, I I like I like that your list has more songs in the movie and not just best credits of the year. Best achievement and credits go to right. Uh, but that that's this category every year. So all right, I'm mm-hmm. going to change to Bond. I Bond almost respect. went back to Diane Warren too, by the way. Yeah, Bond Respect and Canto Coda and King Richard for me. You have, you have Bond, and Canto Coda. Don't look up and sing two. You have double right, sing baby. two nominations. The multiple Oscar nominated sing two. <laughs> you have nie- nieces and nephews, and I do not. All right, getting to crunch time here. Best film editing, BAFTA liked Belfast, Dune, Licorice Pizza, No Time to Die, and shockingly not so much according to pundits but summer of soul or when the revolution could not be televised clayton davis came out and said that this category isn't juried and that does matter according to my picks i'm gonna go with 
Dune Belfast Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, and Summer of Soul. I'm going to go with wow. that Hoop Dreams level nomination for Summer of Soul coming from the documentary That'd category. Be awesome. Because I'm I'm going to, you know, cling to that tweet and because I want it to happen, I do think Dune Belfast Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog makes some sense, but they got Ace Eddie's. What, what, what do you have here, Mike? It would be hysterical if for all the shit we've given the documentary feature branch over all the years in the previous years, they have multiple nominees this year covering multiple categories <laughs> with Summer of Soul being in two categories and you having Flea in three categories. That would be very that would be appropriate, I would say. So that would be something to look forward to if Summer of Soul does it. Uh, I have the same top four as you. <laughs> Dune, Belfast, Power of the Dog. Those are your three best picture front runners. It's tough to say those won't be there licorice pizza i think might be vulnerable but i also think there is kind of a respect to pta and paul thomas anderson and i, I felt like i shunned him in a couple categories so i i just kind of he's got the ace eddie like you said so i threw him in there and i put don't look up in there as my fifth which has the ace eddie it's the comedy side but i, I just i think that's going to be the movie that surprises we probably should do oscar puzzle theory for like a tick tick boom somewhere more aware than we've we have i thought about it i thought about it i for that i thought about no time to die uh in place of uh don't look up or licorice pizza as well you know i could see that happening absolutely especially no time to die obviously playing off what just happened at BAFTA. no other bond has editing I, i was looking that up i don't think well here's the other thing too if you give bond editing with all the other texts it's getting why wouldn't bond be in the best picture consideration Bond would if bond gets editing here bond is gonna be the 10 right that's why I think like this BAFTA nom keeps it alive, and maybe the juries were going against the home court advantage uh, at that stage Could of the nomination pro- process. Makes a lot of sense. So Bond Bond is interesting, and we're getting into the crunch time with Best Picture in a minute. But first, we have Best Director, and in terms of the wonky voting process. This is it, folks. BAFTA. What a fucking mess this is. BAFTA has a messy, messy process. They did pick a couple of cool nominees here that that we can get behind, though, for their six. They have after They overthought themselves. Yeah, but they, they, you know, I could get behind some of these. I kind of like them more than the DGA5, but okay. After Love's Aleem Khan. I haven't seen that one yet, but I love Drive My Cars, Ryosuke Hamaguchi. Happenings, Audrey Dewan. I have not seen Happening. I I, I knew it was coming out, and I should have saw it at Sundance. Probably should have been just happier and watched Happening, but okay. Licorice Pizza's PTA, The Power of the Dogs, Jane Campion, and hell yeah, Julia Duker now from Titan. Awesome. Bringing her back in. But okay, who are the two? Is it Campion and PTA? Is it Hamaguchi? Is it, you know, can, can winner Julia Duker now? Mike, that is a. It couldn't be Duker now. Big question, though. It's a big question. They got the different voting. It, like this, is this category just so self conscious because they've been so misogynic, <laughs> misogynistic in the past? Could they have gone with two women? In, in terms of their nominating process, and then the jury picks the rest, and PTA could be a, you could see him being a, P, a jury. That favorite. movie is going to be is going to be won over by majority vote. Licorice Pizza, Tatan. Oh, but she won the. The can. top two spots are no, going to be right. no. She I she's mean, a jury. You could be right, and we have no idea. I, I mean, I personally, I don't even think it was PTA. I think it was Campion and Hamaguchi personally. But again, it's just totally conjecture. A jury member like myself. 
which hopefully I'll be a jury member at some point, and I don't mean getting jury duty, which I think I have in May, by the way. <laughs> Just put that in your schedule. I think I, I delayed it, so I think I'm going to get it this year. All right. Anyway. No, that Julia Ducournau is, not, is a cool pick. Just but walk a, in with a shirt that says, I heart capital punishment. You'll have it a short day. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want that shirt to exist. All right. Who, who do you think it might be? The second, I think, uh, I think Campion was one, and I think, I think Hamaguchi. But wow. I'm just, I mean, it's speculation. I, it, you could easily make the case that it's Paul Thomas. It has to either be Hamaguchi, PTA, or I guess Duke or now, right? I mean, it can't be we Duke. Know, no, we just be. ruled her out. And right. So I mean, reasoning. I mean, maybe it could be Dewan. Maybe it could be Khan. I just don't know enough about those. I don't think so. I think I think you're right. I think it's it's PTA or Hamaguchi. I think Campion's a slam dunk for obvious reasons. So. We're picking between PTA and Hamaguchi, and we're both going to use either reasoning later on. All right. Is Hamaguchi the wild card? We shall see. All right. I'm going to get boring here for four. I said on Chasing the Gold that it'd probably be boring for all five, but I've just, at the end of this 40-page doc, I got to do something different, and I got to tie in a narrative and I'm just going to save myself in act three and wow I'm in the end folks as Mr. McKee okay. said I like Campion that. PTA I'm sticking with them Denis Villeneuve I just think Dune has he's pl- how the hell was he not nominated <sighs> he's conducting the orchestra right he's he is that movie it makes no sense he did the impossible he adapted that movie and made it <laughs> made it I mean, what the fuck? What does a director do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we weren't the the biggest Dune fans in the world. No, not even... at all. But I mean, we could we we said the whole year. It's a technical marvel. It's amazing. It happened. It's amazing. It's watchable. He's the guy who made it. All those things. Dune is and this it's year's... a favorite in a lot of those categories. Dune is this year's Mad Max, and it yeah, could. I don't I... win. How the hell? Still, Kenneth Branagh of Belfast is someone I'm gonna stick show with. us the ballots, you cowards. <laughs> I'm surprised Kenneth Branagh did not get in there, but maybe, again, they're self-conscious. Could be. Or maybe they love PTA in every academy this particular year. Has That's been a theory of yours. We'll see. I am thinking Steven Spielberg is more vulnerable than we think. I think West Side Story is getting vetoed more than we think. And it didn't do well at the box office, so I think that matters, and I think that matters in terms of campaigning. With Disney. Mm. So, what is Spielberg's candidacy? I know Feinberg still has him entrenched. And Feinberg also has Adam McKay, which uh, I think Clayton Davis also picked this morning uh, that I wrote down here. I don't know what's true anymore, and I don't know what I got right. This branch goes international, though, Mike, at the Academy of, of, you know, Motion Picture Sciences. Do they go Hamaguchi here? Will I copy Ryan McQuaid? Yes, I will. I will switch my pick from Spielberg (laughs) to Mr. Hamaguchi of Drive My Car. I wish I could make the case for Ducournau, but I'm going Hamaguchi. I wanted the Ducournau-David Lynch-Mulholland Drive selection, but I I just can't do it. So who are your five? I got the four from the DGA minus Spielberg as the fifth, and Hamaguchi goes in. Okay. Okay. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I, there's six names that make sense, and McKay can be a seventh if you want to convince yourself about the Academy thing. Uh, I didn't know Clayton had him in his five as well. I found out Scott did, but 
I, I actually ended up having the same five as Mr. Feinberg, wow. which I did not realize until I picked my picks and then looked at his list afterwards. You know, but. I better correct this. Clayton does not have Adam McKay. Sorry, Mike. So okay. I screwed okay. that up. Okay. And I, that's, I, I, that's why I stumbled over it when I said it. But he did mention that, and he made a good point, that, that Don't Look Up has more Academy support than we might think because it got the best oh, I didn't. pick. And I think he's good. right to mention that. But no. That he, makes me feel a lot better about my card. Though. There you go. I do have the same five as Feinberg, at least as of this morning. Branagh, Campion, Spielberg does make it, Villeneuve does make it, and McKay is my fifth. Wow. Um, the same as also Mike did before when he realized after picking his picks that he was the same as, as Scott Feinberg. I realized after making my picks that I was the same as Scott of Feinberg. Of course, we neither of us copied him. No. We never would. Well, you, the point I'm making is that you and I are the alien symbiote to Scott Feinberg's Eddie Brock. And like you've been saying all episode, collectively, <laughs> the three of us, we are Feinberg. And also, Scott, if you happen to be listening to this episode, I'm very sorry He's to not. have dragged your name He's through not. the mud with us. <laughs> Though I hope to just trick him into coming on the show again at the end of the, the, I, all of this. Of course. I, he, he, I, I hope he does. That's my favorite episode of the year. I, uh, I can't. I tried like hell to get Hamaguchi in here. I couldn't, and because I couldn't get him in here, I couldn't get drive my car into my best picture field. Mm. I, I don't know the path that, if Hamaguchi doesn't make director, drive my car can't be in the 10, right? Right. Because it's only going to have a screenplay now, wouldn't it? Well, I'll, and international feature. I'll be honest with you, and if you know you were reading this far along in the doc, I switched picture before I switched director, and I used that as a rationalization, mental, mental gymnastic, but I'm sticking to it. And yeah, that's going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiling my picture, but there it is. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's. What do you what do you got for picture? Let's go. With the BAFTA list for best film was Belfast, Don't Look Up, Dune, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog. Those are the BAFTA. Nods. I got those five in my best picture race. As I said for a while, I think there's a strong eight after the BAFTAs, and I think Dog, Dune, Belfast, Pizza, and Don't Look Up. Those are strong, and I think the the British Academy going with them is an in, a further indication of that. West Side Story, I, I think, still gets in, even though I'm seeing West Side Story fall down lists after it's five of fifteen showing here at the BAFTAs. So, I looked at the odds, the, the Vegas odds, before we hit record today, and West Side Story has not gotten any longer. It's still in like the solidly three to one odds that range and third overall. What does it cost them though to make it longer? It doesn't cost Vegas anything at this point, or does it? I mean, it it, if it's, it costs them the gamblers who are waiting for it to get to five and a half, six to one. I mean, it'll cost it could cost them double money if West Side Story ends up winning. You know what I mean? That is why you play the uh, games of chance, of chance more than me, perhaps. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I just uh, in an awkward edit, I insulted you about your Good. predilections. <laughs> Your vices? My vices, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can include it. Maybe you won't. <laughs> In the magic of editing, which West Side Story will not be nominated for. But all right. So to bring it back, we got the BAFTA 5, Dog, Dune, Belfast, Pizza, and Don't Look Up. I still have West Side Story. I still have King Richard and Coda, even though they seem to be falling a schmidge. S-C-H-M-I-D-G-E, schmidge. Yeah. I I, I I feel more confident in Coda at this point than I do King Richard, to be honest. But yeah, I, I have those eight in there as well. I would be so mad if King Richard doesn't get in here. I really like that movie. I, that movie's just delivered. Damn it. All right. 
Don't get me yeah, started. I agree with you. You're getting me hyped. I thought it should be in com- competition to win this year for Best Picture. but Tick, Tick, Boom did not have a good day at BAFTAs. And a lot of no. people are wavering on the Tick, Tick, Boom Guild love. Now, the Tick, Tick, Boom Guild love is cited because of WGA. And WGA mm-hmm. had a Belfast that was not eligible. Or, no, excuse me, had a many unadapted noms that was not eligible. Tick, Tick, Boom had a comedy Ace Eddie and Netflix has an, you know, they did, they made the move this year to get all of it. Ace Eddie noms to kind of keep things alive or perhaps because it's just the wise thing to do. And they, they nailed that. So tick, tick, boom, the perception of that amongst pundits heading into this uh, Oscar prediction process. We'll see what that matters. I do think it does matter to an extent because I think, I do think the Academy looks at it and they'll veto it or not. Jonathan Larson's a huge persona on Broadway. He's a huge, he's got legacy. I, I just can't imagine Garfield winning best actor like he might. I mean, he's still, like I said earlier, he's number one in Scott Feinberg's list right now. And, and I can't imagine Garfield winning best actor and that not bringing up Tick, Tick, Boom in some other category. It's got to show Whether up. it's some technical category or something. Sound. And if that happens, then it's going to be in Best Picture. I mean, it's got the PGA 10 on its side. We don't have the Oscar puzzle working towards Tick, Tick, Boom now. And it's probably a weakness in our predictions if we're going with it here. But I'm still going with it. Are you still Are you still going with this, this nine? Yeah, that's yeah. my ninth. Yep. All right. So the 10th is up for debate still. And Tick, Tick, Boom has that PGA ninth. It has the the DGA first film feature. It has the Ace Eddie, and it has the the WGA. So we're still going with Tick Tick Boom based on Guild Love. And this is the problem for this year is that Static Ten. It's just a bad year to have a Static Ten. Ironically <laughs> enough, because like the more these voting bodies try to address the shortcomings, the more they end up either screwing up further or being victims to awful timing. Because this year should be like eight. There should be eight Best Picture noms, or if you're going to have a static 10, you should expand that out to 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tick, Tick, Boom, and be, being the Ricardos, having bad days at BAFTA this bad would would have told us at any other year that they would fall off, and we, we right. would all predict eight most likely, and then everybody would rationalize and make moves for But if other... you're having Tick, Tick, Boom in there, you yeah. should have being the Ricardos, and you could talk about uh, Nightmare Alley, you could talk about Drive My Car, like, this is crazy. Yeah. I just went on Chasing the Gold with you, and I said being the Ricardos was still going to get in because my parents liked it so much, and I can't cha- you know, get this new information out of my head, so I'm going to change my pick. Right. And we know Same. what it is. It's drive my car for me, but I could, I could see the Clayton and Scott Nightmare Alley pick coming in, back into play. Scott had them before. Clayton has them now. I just cannot get my head out of that movie being more than a crafts player because it's such a soul crusher. And all these other films, for the most part, other than the front runner, go figure, happy films, happier than last year. So maybe they make maybe that makes room for a, a noir of you know a vintage Hollywood levels of fame at the Oscars. So maybe maybe Nightmare Alley does come back into play and maybe it's late breaking status because it just came out on streaming is a factor and, and maybe the fact that it got AFI, NBR, WGA and Choice gives it Nightmare Alley more of a resume than I'm factoring it in for. Mike, you have no time to die suspicions. Lost Daughter, Tragedy of Macbeth, Spider Man, 
So let's let's recap where we are right now. Power mm-hmm. of the Dog, Dune, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, West Side Story, King Richard, and Coda, we both agree on. We both agree on Tick, Tick, Boom is number nine, right? Ten, you're saying is Drive My Car. We're dancing off a cliff right now. <laughs> Who do you have? I'm going to dive headfirst off a cliff because... I really had intentions of putting Drive My Car in that slot. But unless Hamaguchi breaks into director, like I said, I don't know how it gets there. And then I'm thinking about director, and I'm like, well, what if he does? And why aren't nearly enough people talking about how absolutely bizarre and stunning it is that Villeneuve didn't get director at BAFTA? Like, why is that not the only thing people are talking about in terms of BAFTA? Kristen Stewart... Somebody we all knew, or a lot of people at least knew, was going to get snubbed, being snubbed at BAFTAs, is a bigger talking point than this surefire director who's been at the top of everyone's list all year long for putting together this Frankenstein's monster of a movie that only few people could have possibly done. He did, and he doesn't get recognized at BAFTA, despite Dune leading the show in noms. Is that a sign of things to come? It'd be a crime, but... (laughs) And I, I mean, I, I again, I wasn't someone who was even crazy about Dune, but I understand Villeneuve is the maestro of the whole thing. And if you're doing, if you're going to nominate Dune in all those categories, then you have to nominate Dune unless you have some glaring reason not to. Dude, Villeneuve has to be nominated in director, doesn't he? What's the reason BAFTA didn't nominate him? Why wasn't Villeneuve nominated at BAFTA? <laughs> Why isn't anyone talking about this? What is going on here? Am I currently talking myself out of Villeneuve being nominated at the Oscars? I is that what not. I'm doing? Is that like, am I making the case for Hamaguchi right now, or am I making the case for anything? <laughs> I don't and then know. I got sick of thinking, Mike, <laughs> and I said, "All right, f it, screw it all. You want to get nuts? I got Lady Gaga, I got Jared Leto, I got a costume nomination that shouldn't be there. <laughs> screw it. I got another technical category. I don't even remember what it was. I'm picking Hasaguchi. Hasaguchi, number ten, best picture. Hasaguchi." <laughs> This is the only way Come at me. This is the only way this podcast could end. I pick a film festival movie and drive my car. And you pick House of Gucci, which we saw together and uh which I subtitled or how I'm too scared to either justify drive my car or choose between The Lost Daughter and Nightmare Alley, which is how I really feel. I think it'll be Nightmare Alley as my 10, but F it. House of Gucci. House of Gucci. I want war. Is your pick? I want mayhem. You're going with SAG. Spider-Man's <laughs> chances are probably gone. The tragedy of Macbeth. We hardly knew ye. Flee, I wish, but no. You're probably right. It's going to be Nightmare Alley. I'm going with the my Fifi pick. I'm going to drive that red car. You're, with going, you're going down with the ship with Kristen Stewart. Ryan, Ryan McQuaid and I are driving the, the red car. Right. Off a cliff. And which I'm is... trying to start a car that's already sunk in the bottom of the ocean with House of Gucci. <laughs> yeah, we're mixing our metaphors. We're talking past each other. It's the longest episode ever. I didn't even look at how long this is, but good God, we made our picks. We did it. It'll Why be no t- is nobody it'll... talking about Villeneuve being snubbed? It'll be no time to die. How it is that not matter. the headline on everyone's everything? Because they look at the voting procedures and they're like, who the hell knows? So I'm going to read into the voting procedures and rationalize my pick. You're going to throw them out 
or do mental gymnastics to rationalize nothing and then pick something else. <laughs> Just be a troll. And here we are. We should have drank alcohol this entire <laughs> recording and we didn't. I need a drink right now, which is terrible. A terrible thing to say to, you know, on a public podcast. I would love to with see. Leg- with legion of fans. I don't know if we have legions yet, but we have legion. <laughs> we have legion of fans. And we love each and every one of that legion, people in that yes. legion. But I I, uh, I would love to see odds on House of Gucci making the Oscars best picture field right now. Because I would absolutely put money on it. Like, wow. it's the same story I've had since we saw it. There's enough technical support if you want to talk yourself into it. And if you talk yourself into the ta- getting two acting noms, you can make the case. I don't know if it's going to happen. Who gives odds on nominations? We, nobody I don't know. we found I, yet. Nobody, yeah, I have not been that's, able to find that. So that's. But this is where you would sprinkle, right? You would sprinkle on a couple of movies to get in and you might make some money? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I understand gambling? Would, that's probably yeah. why. That's probably why nobody. Cowards. Nobody allows it. Cowards. <laughs> Calling those people the books are cowards. cowards. The voting bodies are cowards. <laughs> people Thank that don't God have the stomach to see, to see House of Gucci. We're not for that the hard. Piece of high concept art that it is are cowards. Our government names are probably not that hard to find. <laughs> but thank God for these pseudonyms right now. That's all I'm standing behind. House of Gucci, Mike. Let's make it happen. You and me, buddy. <laughs> What? I just said a Thelma and Louise thing about me and Ryan McQuaid a second ago. And then I also said a Spencer metaphor about being on the Titanic You drive my car over to House of Gucci. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Guys, Uh, as always, I mean, two-hour episodes. You knew we were going off the cliff, literally and figuratively at some point, but... uh, We we thank you dearly for letting us into your lives here for this... uh, it's always one of the craziest episodes of the year. We, and Mike's absolutely right. We have some of the most fun doing it, but we also legitimately get anxiety over it. And I think you, that came to fruition. But what matters most of all, as always, are your thoughts and your picks and your predictions. And we want to hear them as well as we want some feedback about what you uh, were, I guess, forced to listen to in this episode for the most part. And uh, <laughs> what we picked and what we said, you can leave us all of those as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias we are mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available wherever you hear podcasts if you're listening to us either on the apple podcast app or the spotify app if you would be so kind as to go into your app of choice and leave us a five-star review uh, and just tell me why you think house of gucci will make the best picture film uh field that would be greatly appreciated michael I'm, I'm losing it. Tell the good people what's coming next. And let's get some words of wisdom to end on. Oscar nominations. They are coming <laughs> next. Oscar Tuesday. We will tweet less than we talk about it, but we will still do both. Gucci so Tuesday. hang out with us. Gucci Tuesday. <laughs> as it will hear to forthwith. Goose Day. As it will hereby be known. I have no, I have no energy to disagree with you at the end of this, but... The words of wisdom is that this was fun but very difficult, but this is uh, this is this is something else because people love Oscar predictions and yet we don't necessarily do them. So if you guys actually love this, we may be willing to work harder towards this and maybe we could 
you know, build up some muscles on this going forward. So we're, we're tinkering around with maybe more predictions going forward in various ways. Yeah. So let us know if you like this by clicking on it and uh, maybe clicking on it again because this was this had some density to it. Uh, and uh, we'll see, we'll see uh, how it does. But I, I'm think I'm glad we I'm glad we tackled this and overcame our fears of kind of pushing that door open to room 237. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I'm seeing a naked old lady ghost and so are you. And now you guys all have that mental image and there we are. Remember that, that one, uh, that one comment somebody left us on iTunes back in the day about why is that one host always yelling? <laughs> it was, he was right. Was he wrong? No, no. We never. didn't disagree with him. It's just the way I talk. This is how I speak. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come predict the Oscar noms with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make awards season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. Mm-hmm.